Welcome to Financial Excellence with Game Changers, presented by SAP, helping you to operate profitably and adapt continuously. Host and moderator Bonnie D. Graham talks with the experts about how game-changing technologies can help you achieve financial excellence for your company. Now, here's Bonnie D. Graham. Bonnie in the house. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you want to run with the Game Changers, this is where the best run. We always say it. We always mean it because it's true. This is Season 9 of Financial Excellence with Game Changers Radio, our longest-running series under the Game Changers family. We have about 45 different series as Game Changers, but this, I call this the grandpa. This is the one that just about started it all so many years ago. I have a buzz quote today from an article on LinkedIn. I'm not going to give you the full link, but this will set us up a little bit. This article is a couple of years old, but there are a couple of key words in here that will set us up for our topic. Then I'll give you a little more details, and then we'll have our guests introduce themselves. And I know you're going to really appreciate all of the specialties that they they bring to the table, all of the knowledge. So here's the quote. Treasury, keyword, listen up, is still a very young and new function. This was a couple of years ago. In sociology, we would speak of Generation X. Aha. A major objective will be to have this profession achieve greater recognition as being essential to the finance departments of modern multinationals and to place treasurers closer to CFOs chief financial officers, new regulations, new technologies, and interconnection and correlation between markets, economies, and continents. These will force the treasury function to evolve, making it more essential than ever in the future and particularly more and more specific. Let's just take a breath. This was a couple of years ago before we even knew what a pandemic was in, in our modern times. So now let me give you a little background. My guests are nodding. I'm here on Zoom. I'm so happy to see them. And I'll tell you who they are in a second. The economic turndown, downturn, any way you want to call it, caused by COVID-19 has forced treasurers to reevaluate their cash management and their working capital strategies. On the one hand, they're trying to keep up with the crisis as everybody in every business is. On the other hand, they need to strengthen their, strengthen their operations to wither away or prevent or just deal better with future crises. That's it. Prepare and know, right? There are a few areas of key focus that will become the foundation for the future of Treasury. Accelerated digitalization. Come on, we talk about that on all of our Game Changer shows. If you didn't digitalize before COVID, you may be late to the game, but you can't afford to wait any longer. How about efficient management of working capital and process automation and control? All good things. We have three guests today who are all going to share their knowledge, as I said. We'll ask Haresh Chaya at SAP, and I'm going to spell his last name because it's unusual. And he said, I pronounced it well, C-H-H-A-Y-A, and the second H is a mystery even to Haresh, but he said I said it right. We also have Eric Smulders at Deloitte. Welcome to Eric and Abhinav Seti at Deloitte. And they're going to talk about these key focus areas and the possibilities for corporate treasuries as they embark on their re-envisioned journeys. So the topic today, I'm getting to it eventually is rethinking your treasury operations in uncertain times. Welcome. I am Bonnie D. Graham. Very happy to be here. Here on Zoom, as I said with my guests, it is live November 3rd, 2020, and we all know what date that is. Let's get going. Haresh, welcome to the show. Happy to welcome you. And why don't you please take a couple minutes and introduce yourself to our listeners all over the world. They want to know what you do. Bonnie, thank you for uh, inviting, Thank and, and I'm so glad I'm here today. Um, so my name is Haresh Chaya. I'm with SAP. I manage the SAP solution portfolio for treasury and working capital. And I've been uh, in this uh, space for almost 22 years, so working in a technology ecosystem, where I have uh, helped many corporates, including Fortune 500 companies, in improving their processes and technology and just doing better what they do. In the past, I've worked with uh, many big four firms, helping uh, many customers in the same capacity. The, the interesting part um, that I would like to mention is I've seen in my life that uh, companies are uh, spread across a variety of, of uh, in different spots uh, in the progression as they move towards uh, technology evolution. And, um, you know, some companies are more evolved than some others. And if you look at them at the end of the day, everybody has still room for more improvement, and which is where I think uh, we are going to be uh, focusing some of the um, topics for today. Harish, thank you. Very, very nice to meet you. I have not, I cannot remember a time when this series, and thank you to Birgit Starmans and Chris Grundy, who sponsored the series for so many years. I can't remember a time we've actually talked about Treasury. Is it that specialized, Harish? Is it that new? 
So it depends on who you ask. And that's an interesting one. Um, if you talk to treasurers, you know, they have been doing this forever. And they would say, no, you know, it's like any other um, um, work, you know, piece of work that, that you do. But if you talk to somebody from outside, now they get so amused by the fact that, hey, you know, there are so many moving parts. Cash is moving through the companies and uh, there is risk involved. You know, you have financial um, risk around uh, foreign exchange rates, you have uh, risks around interest rates and commodities and so on and so forth. So, you know, it depends on who you ask, but in a nutshell, it is a pretty, uh, you know, uh, sophisticated uh, topic for some, but uh, those who have been in it, you know, they, they just uh, breeze through it. Thank you very much. I like the breeze through it. Eric Smulders at Deloitte is with us. Eric, we're so happy to have you on the show. And Deloitte has been a part of so many Game Changer shows over the years. I think I told you sometimes 25 guests a year on my various series. And we are so honored to meet you. And Eric, I'm going to say, and by the way, Eric spells his first name E-R-I-K. And Smulders, you can all spell in case you want to look him up. Eric, I'm going to say in case there were 10 people in the world who don't know who you are yet, now is your chance to introduce yourself. So go ahead, Eric. Okay, thank you, Bonnie. Um, so uh, my name is Eric Smolders. Uh, I'm with Deloitte. I'm in Deloitte's Treasury Advisory Team, um, where we help companies uh, transform their treasuries, um, build their treasuries. We uh, work with companies uh, that are part of divestitures or M&A and, and help them um, rebuild their treasuries after such such events. But we also do treasury assessments. We look at how treasuries organized and, and, and help them organize it better or more efficiently. Um, I'm fairly recent at Deloitte, joined Deloitte two years ago after a career of more than 20 years in treasury. Um, I'm actually originally from Belgium, um, started being a treasurer in, in Europe, um, did some other things outside of treasury. And then uh, my last 12 years before joining Deloitte, I moved to the U.S. and was the treasurer of a large um, global technology distribution company. Um, and from that point of view, I've kind of seen all elements of treasury being European um, improvements in the way you can do cash management because they implemented the euro and SEPA out there, seen the changes of how in Asia and particularly in China, markets opened up. Um, so I, I think, and, and kind of come back to what Haresh said earlier, yes, Treasury, is, um, Treasury has been around for a very long time, but it's only probably in the last 20 years with the change of technology that it's been um, a, a become a core function and that the CFO is originally also in many companies, the Treasurer has been delegating his function to a, a, a separate individual or group of uh, or team, and and made it kind of a separate function outside of the core, the core finance function. Thank you, Eric. Very interesting. So you are a veteran of the treasury, treasury profession, shall we say? Uh, have you just a quick question? Have you seen it evolve like in my opening statement, the quote I found, uh, where it it is going to be subject more and more to regulations and to uh, economies and to variations in what's going on in the world? Is is it something that is important enough to companies, or is it something that's still Okay, we have a Treasury Department, but it's not the CFO. They're not at the table in the C-suite. Just quickly, what do you? What's your observation? No, my my view is that the the Treasurer should um, uh, kind of sit n- under the CFO, of course, but next to the function like the controller, chief accountant. But the, the, the what I've seen evolve is the Treasurer has is not just the, the person counting the money at the end of the day, right? He's not the person just looking at okay, this is how much cash we have and, and, and how much availability we have to spend it. He's the person who should, I call him the steward of the balance sheet. He's the person mm-hmm. who should make sure that investments that the company makes are that the cash is going to the investments that generate the highest return. He's making sure that the businesses stay disciplined in their working capital management. Um, he's the face of the company towards the external community, the bankers, the um, bondholders. Uh, in some cases, the treasurer is also in charge of invest- investor relations, so in towards the investors. He's an important face of the company um, towards th- those stakeholders and, 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 and needs to make sure that he 
he almost like has a selling function, sells the company to those to those stakeholders. And from that point of view, especially in large corporations, uh, the treasury is an important. He's kind of he should be the right hand person next to the next to the CFO. Thank you, Eric. Do you see? You keep saying he. Do we have or she? Of, he or she? <laughs> thank you. I had to. I had to look. That's, I agree with you. <laughs> I had to get that out there. And now no. we have a third guest. I'm going to ask to introduce himself. He's not able to join us on Zoom. We all know what technical difficulties are, but we're so happy he's here. Also from Deloitte, and his name is Abhinav Seti, and I'm going to spell his last name as S-E-T-H-I, and I figured it out. Abhinav, welcome. We wish we could see you on Zoom, but we're very happy to have you here. Why don't you introduce yourself, please? Thank you, Bonnie, for having me here. I hope you can hear me clearly. Uh, we can, yes. Perfect. Thank you. Hello, everyone. My name is Abhinav Sethi, and I'm a senior manager in Deloitte. I am one of the transformation leaders in our treasury advisory practice, the same practice Eric is also part of. Uh, I joined Deloitte six plus years ago, but I have been in the industry for almost two decades, working with the treasury organization of many Fortune 500 companies and helping them in their transformation journey. I'm, I've been in the treasury transformation and uh, specialize in uh, global treasury solution design, uh, considering business process standardization, automation, and optimization using SAP technology. So my key area of focus is to develop SAP treasury market. Over the years, I have managed global delivery of several client engagements across industries. I've also worked in many geographies uh, last year, I was in Singapore working there for, uh, you know, for Asia-Pac rollout, plus helping the Deloitte the Singapore firm um, expand into the market. Uh, I've been working with other global firms, um, you know, in, in other Deloitte member firms in China, in Europe, in Canada. And uh, personally, I've also worked in Middle East. Um, you know, all the clients uh, I've worked in, we worked with a common objective to simplify their business processes. Uh, address the pain points and overcome challenges. Uh, it's a very volatile market, and mm-hmm. it keeps going through the changes. And, and you know, the treasury has to be uh, one step ahead of them all the time. Uh, at the same time, you know, when we're working on these uh, improvement areas, we also work towards the efficiency through systematic automation mm-hmm. and best-in-class solution. So that's all I do. Thank you. That's all you do. You do a lot. Very interesting. So we have a couple of practitioners here, if I could use that word. Very, very interesting. Abhinav, we're sorry we can't see you. We know you tried, but you are with us on the phone. And Abhinav, I have to tell you, until 2020, I did all of my radio shows sometimes 250 shows a year on the phone. So I'm very used to listening for the nuances in the speaking voice. So we're very happy to have you here and uh, and welcome. Uh, shout out to Carla Neal and Igosa Obak-Polar at Deloitte, who we always say a shout out to when we have Deloitte people on our SAP show. So welcome to them as well. So let's go to the part of the show where I've asked my guests to please send me an interesting quote from a movie or a song, and they're going to relate it to the topic somehow, I don't know how, and we're going to be surprised at how, uh, shall we say, creative, philosophical, poetic, or whatever they want to do to relate it. So let's start with Haresh Chaya sent us a quote from the character Bill Lumberg, played by Gary Cole. Gary Cole has become one of my favorites, Haresh. He he pops up in shows all over the place. There was one called, a short-lived comedy called Fam. He has been on The Good Fight he is the uh, the gun instructor, gun specialist, husband of, uh, yes, the star of the show. We'll leave it at that. And this is a quote from Office Space, which is a 1999, what we call an American black comedy film, satirizes the work life of a typical mid to late 1990s software company, focusing on a handful of individuals who are, oh, so weary of their jobs. Well, what, what are we do- going through now? Here's the quote, and you're going to have to explain this one, Haresh. It's, I'm going to need those TPS reports ASAP. So if you could do that, that would be great. I have no idea how I did. I don't do a good Gary Cole impersonation. Haresh, please rescue me. What does this quote mean to us? <laughs> oh, well, first of all, Gary Cole is a great actor. And, yes. uh, you know, I've watched this movie several times. And every time I watch it, I get a smile on my face. And this particular sentence that he, that he just uh, um, said on, on, on the show, um, it, it, it really cracks me up. Um, he says, hello, Peter. I'm going to need those 
TPS reports. And then he just goes on to say, ASAP. So if you could do that for me, that'd be great. And just, you know, just that, <laughs> I don't know if I could, I could, you know, do as, as well as he did. But every time you hear that, you hear about that, that boss, you know, that shows up at your desk and asks for something that is so mundane and so repetitive in nature. And, you know, there are a thousand different ways you can produce a better report or better data or better information for a company to, to consume. And this TPS report throughout the movie is a sticking point that, um, you know, is not liked by, by the person, um, uh, Peter Gibbons, who is actually an employee. He's a technology employee. I've related to, to what we are talking about today by, you know, just thinking about how treasury organizations also need cash position report every day in the morning. Hmm. Now, if there was a, 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 you know, a person called Bill Lumberg, I think that was his name, if, I, yes. if I'm not mistaken, yes. uh, coming to a, a, a cash manager's desk every day in the morning and asking about, I'm going to need those cash position reports today. Could you do that ASAP? I would think that this person would go nuts. <laughs> and the reason being, in today's world, there are technologies available where Bill Lumber could himself click a button and get cash position at any point in time during the day, any moment he likes. And that is how, you know, uh, this, this sort of sentence stuck in my mind and relates to this topic and is so relevant. Thank you very much. I have to tell you, Harash, that I just got a note from Aaron, our, our young engineer. He calls himself my sidekick, and he's he's earned that title. And he said uh, Bob Slidell is his favorite character, and he said he is his coworkers, and he wa- watched the movie. They love it, and they quote it all the time. So you picked a favorite of Aaron. So Aaron, see, I've, I've mentioned that on the air. Thank you. It just sounds very interesting. And, and Gary Cole has such a way of sarcasm, doesn't he? He just, it just kind of comes out of him so naturally, his character, the way he holds himself and looks. Wonderful quote. Thank you very much, Harish. We appreciate that. Eric, I'm moving on to yours. And you have a quote from ABBA, 1976 song called Money, Money, Money. That's the quote recorded by Swedish pop group ABBA, written by Benny Anderson and Bjorn Uveas. I hope I said that right. Released as a single in November 76 as a follow-up to Dancing Queen. I'm not going to murder it any more than that. (laughs) And ABBA is a Swedish pop group formed in Stockholm in 1972, and their name is an acronym of the first letters of their first names. I want to read, Eric, do you mind if I read a little bit of the lines that go with that? No, no, Is go, that okay? ahead. go ahead. So, yeah, sure. <laughs> I work all night. I work all day to pay the bills. I have to pay. Ain't it sad? And still, there never seems to be a single penny left for me. That's too bad. In my dreams, I have a plan. If I got me a wealthy man, I wouldn't have to work at all. I'd fool around and have a ball. Money, money, money. Must be funny in the rich man's world. Oh, I like it. Eric, relate this to our topic. Please go ahead. Yeah, so first of all, I'm I'm European, um, grew up in the 70s, and ABBA has always been one of my, my favorite bands. So any chance I have to plug ABBA I, for, for, for a global audience, I, 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 I need to do it. So um, thanks to the movie Mamma Mia, those songs came back again. And if you don't like the ABBA version, there is a great version of this song, sung by Meryl Streep, mm-hmm. uh, that comes out of that movie. But... Um, like, you know, I spent a full career in, in treasury and I think money is so important. Um, the, the money is, is essentially the business of the, of the treasurer. It's knowing how much money there is, goes back to Horatio's cash reports, knowing how much money the company has. And especially in the uncertain times that we live in right now, you see the companies and the businesses that have plenty of cash, like Apple and Google, they're doing great. Um, and I know we come out of a time where money and cash was seen like a, like a, an unproductive asset on balance sheets. And um, activists couldn't wait for companies to do share purchases or increase their dividends to get rid of the cash. And what you see now in, in the current times is that the companies that have a lot of money and have a lot of cash are doing great. So that that's how I relate the song, Money, 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 to to the current environment and how important it is for a treasury organization overall from a finance organization to keep track of your money, know where it comes from, know when it's going to arrive and know how much you have so that you can invest it in, in the growth of your business. 
Thank you very much, Eric. Appreciate the quote. And now Abhinav Seti is on the phone with us, and Abhinav has sent us a quote from the Bourne Ultimatum, or Ultimatum, depending on what side of the pond or what side of the road you're on. 2007 American action thriller film. We all know Matt Damon reprised his role as Ludlum's signature character, former CIA assassin and psychogenic amnesiac. I love that. Jason Bourne. Maybe you'll put that on my... No, someday she was a she was a psychogenic amnesiac. No, I don't think I want to go there. This quote is from General Noah Vosen, V-O-S-E-N, retired CIA deputy director in the movie The Bourne Ultimatum. And I found out that the character was played by David Russell Strathern, the actor. And here is the quote, and Abhinav is going to explain to us how he picked it. Here's the quote. My number one rule is to hope for the best and plan for the worst. That's a classic, Abhinav. Why don't you tell us what you mean? Hey, yeah, so this is, this is one of my favorite movies of all time, uh, Bonnie. It's very fast-paced, quick, and grasping. You know, life changes for Bond every now and then, and every now and then the person has to, you know, strategize what to do next. So things change so fast. So I think the quote is appropriate for the topic we're going to discuss today. Um, so, you know, let me, let me talk about our life a year back around the same time last year, right? So economies were booming, markets were at the peak, all statistics were in favorable. Everyone was so happy and looking forward to one of the best holiday season. Uh, personally, we drove 700 miles uh, to spend our holiday on a beach resort in Florida. It was so great. Uh, but, you know, over the years, over, the, over just one year, you know, things have changed. So relating it to treasury business, treasury business is all about taking steps to minimize various, various kinds of risk. Mm-hmm. They identify risk, review it, come up with the steps, how to mitigate it. And, of course, they optimize the use of cash. They don't want to burn out the cash early, right? So as the world is changing so rapidly and the businesses are witnessing more volatility in the current market situation, sometimes they are good, sometimes they are not. So the treasurers are required to constantly review their uh, strategic decisions and adopt changes as the market factors are changing. They need to minimize uh, the, the risk to the business, right? And so... The court basically says, okay, you, you analyze, you review, you come out with the best strategy you think uh, will work for you, but nobody has seen the, the future. Nobody can predict the future. So keep your contingency plan ready in case things don't work out the way you had initially planned or assumed, you know, with a lot of assumptions. So hope for the best, plan for the worst. Thank you, Abhinav. Really interesting quote. Uh, apparently, that's another favorite of our, our friends at Voice America Radio. So we're getting all kinds of comments in the chat here. Thank you all for picking such interesting quotes. I really appreciate the the effort you all made. Now is the time we're going to go to our formal roundtable. If you're just tuning in, this is Financial Excellence with Game Changers Radio, Season 9. You don't have to keep track, but I do. This is Episode 11. We have one more left this year. And our topic today is important. It might be about something you don't know about or you are not sure you should pay attention to, but we think you should. Rethinking your treasury operations in uncertain times, and that should ring true the last part with everyone. My special guests today are Haresh Chaya at SAP, Eric Smolders at Deloitte, and Abhinav Seti at Deloitte. And we're about almost at the halfway point. My goodness, and so much more to talk about. Uh, Let's go, Haresh Chaya. I'm looking at your statement number two, which I put in the chat for you. I'm going to read a little bit. Why don't you take us through this? Take about two minutes, expand it, unpack it, as I like to say on the news, and then I will invite Eric to comment. Eric, I'm going to challenge you with agree or disagree. Let's see what choice you make. (laughs) And then Abhinav will ask you to agree or disagree with either Haresh and or with Eric. So you've got a lot more to work with. So Haresh told me the following. He says, as business models are constantly changing, treasurers are continuously challenged to reinvent how they run their operations. Let's just start there. And why don't you tell us a little more about what this all means, Haresh, and then we'll go around the table. Go ahead. Sure, absolutely. Um, thank you, Bonnie. So if you think about how the Industrial Revolution has, uh, has taken shape over uh, centuries, um, originally people used to you know, manufacture things in one place and sell them from that same, um, same location out to whoever could come and buy it. Then the world changed, people started to go beyond their borders, beyond their you know, limitations, and then start to sell the same products elsewhere. Then came an era where uh, you know, technology started to play a role. It became all the more easier to procure products from one place and sell them somewhere else. And it just 
the whole network kept expanding and expanding. Fast forward that to today, companies are making in one part of the world, selling it in, uh, selling products in another part of the world. And if you take a step further, you can see that a large number of companies are changing their business models from make and sell to serve. And this is where the real change is occurring. Most companies want you to, um, to purchase products on a regular basis so that they have a steady stream of income. They can recognize that cash flows are more steady. So even if even the companies that were manufacturing physical products are now actually asking you to sign up for recurring purchases. I, I go to uh, you know Amazon.com. We all know what Amazon.com is. They have an option for you to just subscribe to the products that you used to buy one-offs in the in the previous and uh, in the in the prior times. So this is a a real example of how the same companies that used to do business in one way have changed their business models quite substantially. And this has impacted their treasury processes as well. Think of it when you're buying one uh, unit and, and receiving revenue, revenue for it, you have a cash flow, individual cash flow, which mm-hmm. you have to predict when the customer will pay, whether they will pay, uh, whether they will fail to pay on time and so on and so forth. But when you sign up a customer for a monthly recurring product sale or purchase, you have a predictable cash flow. But then there are other nuances that come through it. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Are you going to be able to process the credit card that they have provided to you? Will that fail? Will that have any change? Um, credit card numbers, expiration date. So, you know, it brings in totally new set of, uh, you know, parameters around the same business that a company used to do. And this is exactly what I'm talking about here, that the business models are constantly changing. And Amazon is not the only company that is doing that. Pretty much all companies are moving in this direction. And treasurers are having to deal with this new way of doing business at every moment, every day, every year. And um, unless they evolve their thinking, uh, mm-hmm. I, I would not say evolve the technology because technology comes next. Mm-hmm. First, you have to evolve your thinking that you are not just a cash and risk manager. You are a manager of supply chain of money. Mm-hmm. And this is where I draw you know, it's, uh, some, some relationship with the physical supply chains. Financial supply chains work very similar to physical supply chains, and they have to change the mindset. Working capital becomes important. Payables become important. Receivables become important. When you are managing your cash, you can't just say, that's not my world. I will just position my cash, forecast it, and manage risk. No. Treasurers, you need to change. And that's where this uh, particular statement is coming from. Hope for the best, plan for the worst, and it sounds to rest like the silos need to come tumbling down, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Eric Smulders, we'd love to have you join us. Agree or disagree if you dare. I like to say that. Go ahead, Eric. No, I, I, I absolutely agree, and, and I, I like, Arish, uh, what you said. I mean, the, the, just like a procurement team is in charge of the product supply chain, a treasurer needs to be in charge of the finance supply chain, and um, that's that's more than just being being in charge of the money, but being in charge of where the cash flows. The treasurer is the face of the company towards the banks. Banks are these days changing the way they um, they uh, they make payments. There is new payment um, service providers that come up. Um, there is um, there is internationally things changing. Think about um, in India, they essentially got rid of cash uh, a couple of years ago. In China, people don't pay with cash anymore. I I, I just recently read an article that a, a cab driver, if you if you if you try to pay him with cash, um, he will look at you angry and would would not would not take the trip. And um, you're supposed to be paying with with an app out there. Um, so I think the treasurer is 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 the person in the company who's who's focusing on how to collect money from customers, how to pay money to suppliers. And in the ways we are doing that is changing continuously. I hope to see the day one day that the U.S. gets rid, rid of writing checks and and, 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 and paying people with, with checks, which is something that in the U.S. still happens. Um, but, but those ways that we pay and collect are changing continuously, and the Treasury needs to be at the forefront of helping helping the company deal with that change. Thank you, Eric. I remember at least 20 years ago when we talked about paperless, 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 no more checks, 
not even cash, paperless, paperless, paperless. And it was a big war cry among all kinds of companies and departments, paperless, paperless. And here we are, and I'm still getting my refills for my checkbook. (laughs) I mostly, what I like now is just from the consumer side, I don't have to go someplace to deposit it. I can take that wonderful picture of the front and the back of the check and mobile deposit right from my phone. And I like that. So that has changed. All good insights. Abhinav Seti, join us, please. You get a chance to agree or disagree with Haresh and or with Eric. Lucky you. Go ahead, Abhinav. Yeah, I I agree with both of them. Um, You know, I was thinking about the situation before COVID. How many of us, really bought anything online, you know, by just looking at the photograph of it. If I wanted to buy a shirt, I would go to a store, try out five different shirts and see which one fits best to me, which one looks best on me, and then buy it, maybe buy one or two of them. But nowadays, the mindset has changed. Instead of going to a, to a you know, store, I try to order online, right? So business models are changing. You know, more and more retail is coming online. And people are ready to buy them. The logistics have improved. Uh, you get one-day delivery, two-day delivery. Sometimes you get two hours delivery if you're buying groceries. <laughs> so the yep. situation, the current mindset of the people, the market conditions, all that have changed. So that requires the business model to change too. Now, just to highlight certain challenges which the current situation has brought in, you know, it, it has drastically changed the cash flow of the business. Uh, with reduced revenue and the uh, you know delayed collections, <clears throat> the certain currencies uh, you know which have become uh, strengthened over others uh, that's impacting the foreign operations of a lot of businesses, uh, also straining uh, the supply chain. Now there are concerns over the capacity of funding lines, um, you know, to withstand protracted decline of business processes. And uh, there are there are challenges around paying the suppliers or even paying payrolls due to short term cash crunch. So these are these are some of the challenges which the treasurer um, is going through right now, and they're looking for innovative ways to improve the business process, improve uh, or streamline their cash and liquidity by adopting a lot of different technology uh, to speed up speed up or improve collection process, renegotiate terms with the supplier or introduce uh, robotics, uh, robotic automatic uh, automation and, uh, you know, wherever possible. So there are a lot of changes going around at all the levels of an organization, uh, at all the strategic level as well as operational levels. So all this uh, is, is happening around it. So I, I would definitely agree uh, with, with the quote. Thank you, Abhinav. This is, I didn't expect this conversation to be this interesting. I didn't expect to to understand most of what you were talking about. I thought it would be very high-level treasury trade. But you're talking about supply chains. You're talking about subscription models. You're talking about the ways of buying. What happens on the purchase side that brings the money into, and Eric's, Eric and Haresh are nodding, and I know Abhinav is. You're talking about bringing in the money to the company. Where does it come from? Who are the sources? Well, consumers or businesses, B2C, B2B, and then what happens once you get in. I, I Interesting, Harash, you brought up about subscription models where you can count on a customer's money coming in, but that nuance of, is the credit card still valid? How many times have we got it's January? Is your credit, your credit card is no longer in effect. Can you send us a new code? And then what if you change your mind? And, and I've bought things on subscription models where, listen to this, where it was once every three months. It was actually hair color (laughs) once every three months. And then I decided I needed it once every two months. So I changed the model. And there, Eric, is another nuance of when the money is going to come in. And then I found a salon that would do it better. And I stopped the subscription. Well, the vendor didn't know I was going to stop the subscription, right? They had no advance warning. So there was that predictable, what? Where did she go? Interesting. I, I'm really appreciating the way you're relating this to to real the way we can all understand it in case they're not all finance professionals. Haresh, you want to say something? Bonnie, yeah. So I, I can extend this thought process just a little beyond, um, you know, just the traditional commercial aspects. Whether you will buy or not your next subscription, whether you will cancel it, actually that information already exists somewhere out there in the world. Let me explain. 
you probably have gone and posted something on Facebook about, you know, your hair looking so good with a, a certain product. Somebody in the technology world has taken a notice of that. And if that information is commercially made available to the company that is managing your subscription, they know whether you will cancel or not. And right now in today's world, the technology exists, but it is not so uh, evolved and not so much in use. Again, of course, there are a lot of concerns around, you know, privacy and, you know, other yes. things around it. Yes. But let me tell you, that data exists and somebody can predict whether you will cancel your next <laughs> subscription or not. And we're not there yet. Probably the technology will evolve enough to, to you know, help people maintain their privacy, but also, you know, help uh, companies to deal with this kind of uncertainty. Thank you. I think there was a lawsuit years ago, or at least a famous uh, use case or a non-use case of one of the services found that a certain family was buying a lot of baby products, diapers and blankets, and they sent a note of congratulations to the happy couple. Well, it wasn't for the happy couple, and it wasn't a happy couple, and there was no child involved, and they overextended the prediction model and the, the family was not happy with that. I remember the case. It was very interesting. Let's move on. Uh, we're, we're looking at the clock right now. We have, let's see, we have 16 minutes left and I want to cover a little more. This is really a good conversation. So I'm not worried about covering too many of your statements. Eric Smulders, let's look at statement number three. This is very apropos to where we are in the world right now. You say working from home. I don't think we covered this yet, has forced organizations to focus more on contingency planning and the risks of fraud have increased. I'm going to stop there. Eric, how does this impact Treasury, please? Well, Treasury is a, is a place that works on a lot of trust. I mean, we, we do have the controls within Treasury. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a big um, fan of what we call segregation of duties. Nobody is at the same time in charge of doing a transaction and also paying for the transaction. Um, but a lot of these models work because we're all kind of in the same environment and, and we sort of control one another. Now everyone is working from home. I remember um, when when I was a treasurer, the, we were um, the, the, the famous CEO scan, right? Someone calls, impersonates the CEO, mm-hmm. says, I need a million dollars paid on this bank account because I'm working on a big transaction and nobody in the company is supposed to know, so please help me wire the money. And a colleague comes to me and says, I had to see a phone on the phone and he's now in somewhere in Europe and um, he just called me for this. And I said, well, that cannot be true because I just saw the CFO at the coffee machine. Or the CEO at the coffee machine. So... When we're all in the office, those things are not happening because you, you, you talk to one another and, and one of the risks of working from home is we're all on our, in our little islands and communication is a lot different than, than, it, than it is when you're all in the office. Um, so I do think we need to be more careful about fraud, about, about social engineering, about people wanting something from us and those controls that... that where we have the checks and balances that we have, that we have. By, by talking to one another continue to function. And um, at the same time, um, the, 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 the continuous risk evaluation and, 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 and assessment of appropriate of controls needs to continue to work as it, uh, as, it, as, it, as it did before and as it will again when we return back to the office. Thank you very much. Abhinav Sethi on the phone with us. Please come and agree or disagree with Eric Smulders. Abhinav. Yeah, I would partially agree with Eric on this. Um, <laughs> so uh, I do agree uh, on the social aspect. I, when I talk to people, you know, I ask them what has changed. Now, you know, we can, we can still talk to each other. We can have video calls, Zoom calls and all. But you know, what happens most of the time when the calls happen, uh, they are business-related calls. They are not the calls for general catch-up, you know. They tell me what's going on in your life, right? So I started doing that with my team once in a couple of weeks, just have one-hour call. Uh, where We will not chat about work. We will just chat about everything else going on in our life. So just to keep that, you know, the social life and, you know, just to keep the personal touch going. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do that, but uh, when it comes to the business, uh, fraud, risk, and, uh, you know, fr- payment frauds, uh, 
Uh, I agree. You know, the treasurer, they they need to plan and they need to adopt tools and processes to prevent fraud now that people are working from home. Um, there are, um, you know, VPN, there are software available that ensures that even though people are remote, they are not working in a closed uh, office space. Uh, they are connected from an external uh, internet, uh, but the, the connectivity is still secured. Uh, typically, you know, for payment, uh, which is one of the key, um, you know, area of fraud uh, treasury is concerned about. The, they have one or two levels of approval uh, available to make sure a payment doesn't get through by just one person's click. They are, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's reviewed by at least a couple of folks before it makes it to the bank. Uh, so if the fraud needs to be committed, it has to be a collision of people uh, who, who initiate or approve the payment. Um, the reason why I partially agree was because, you know, if working from home does impact the work, most of the cases I'm seeing, um, you know, people are able to manage working from home. Uh, you know, if they really need to go to office, uh, in, in case of treasury organization, the only case I have seen is when they have to print a physical check. But they, that's a short-term problem, you know. In the long run, you know, I see a lot of treasury folks, they're moving away from these printed checks to electronic forms of payment, so they don't even have to go to office to print them. So th- life, life is becoming, you know, more adaptable to this new culture of working from home. In the long run, once we are, we are out of COVID situation, I don't know if this is going to sustain, but uh, I think, I believe corporates are really thinking about it. The new work culture could be a mix of both and, uh, you know, everyone will adopt it. Thank you. I like the optimism. Harash Chaya, join us. Agree or disagree with either or both? Your call. I think I partially agree with both of them. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> this I got to hear. So let me go first with what Eric said. So yes, definitely, you know, working from home is a completely new dimension and people are learning how to do that. Um, technology has to be in place. The attitudes have to be in place. If you're angry, you know, turn the camera off, for example, right? Don't show it. Uh, but at the same time, you know, um, I also think that technology is evolving. Uh, think about companies that are um, creating more workflows in their applications. So, you know, unless the workflow has been uh, executed correctly, things don't move forward. So you have the control aspect already in, in play. What I want to say, though, is I've been out to Avinav's point that people will not I don't think he said that, but I think um, he was probably leaning towards uh, people working remotely and being completely comfortable with it. I think I would not be comfortable with it because I would like to go out and drink a beer with somebody. And if I can tell you, in 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 you know, in in, uh, in eras where people were more um, you know um, involved and meeting in person in offices, they were going for a drink later much lesser. I think we need to do that more with our coworkers, you know, and, and build that, that camaraderie that, that, is, that is missing in, in today's work. So I think, I think there, is, there is some value in, uh, in getting together, maybe not for work, but for a beer. <laughs> or a good bottle of wine. <laughs> of course, whatever you prefer. <laughs> Eric, anything you want to say back to your two esteemed colleagues before on the panel before I go on? And by the way, Abinov, I'm going to go to your statement number three. There's a heads up. Go ahead, Eric. Anything you want to add? No, I, I, yeah, I agree, and and I definitely agree with uh, going for for a drink and a bottle of wine. Um, <laughs> um, the one of the things that I think need to need to change as well in in uh, to adapt to the work from home is some of the things banks do today, and banks still needing what we call wet signatures, actual signatures mm-hmm. on a piece of paper. Uh, we just went uh, through account opening with. Uh, uh, on a co- on a company where we helped them with opening accounts, and banks all over the place were asking for actual signatures on pieces of paper, and it we we are not equipped to 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 do that in this age when everyone's working from home, and, and and that's something that the financial institutions just will have to have to deal with in the future. Good point. I get that from if I through my investment advisor, shall we just call him, um, when we want to invest in a, a bond fund or in a mutual fund, the company usually requires that wet signature. And so they'll send me a letter, except one week I got three letters each from 
four different companies and I just stacked them up on my desk and said, who needs what from me? What am I supposed to sign? And I was texting with my, my financial advisor and I said, what do they want? Why? And he said, they need the wet signature because it will mean they don't need to go through all kinds of processes and hoops if they need your approval to change whatever we're doing for you with that company. So I had to sort them all out and figure, and then they didn't get them because the mail was slow and I had to do it again. <laughs> and I have a stack of letters on my desk. Yes, we. I went through that. I understand. We all love DocuSign, don't we? Yes, we do. Absolutely. And uh, Bonnie, if I may yes. just say this, just sure. to add a little bit, um, you know, technology will fix this. And, uh, you know, not just because I my background is technology, but I've seen it, you know, uh, being fixed in many areas. We go out to to take a loan for, for financing our home. Mm-hmm. I don't have to show my face to anybody. I'm taking large amount of money borrowing from somebody. I just work on my laptop or on my iPad and I get my loan mm-hmm. deposited in my bank account. It is possible. I think it's, it's a matter of trust. You know, it's, yeah. it evolves, it grows. As it grows, things will get better. I like that. And you know what? We have time to sneak in one more topic because we have seven minutes left. Abhinav, I want to honor you with one of your topics because it deals with tech and we love to talk about tech, AI, artificial intelligence, ML machine learning, our good alphabet soup friends. I just made that up, but I like it. So Abhinav, we're not going to have time to go around the table, but I'd love for you to comment. And you say in most organizations, Treasury deals with millions and billions of dollars with innovative tech solutions, process automation, and optimization using artificial intelligence and machine learning. Treasury is not only able to reduce transactional costs, but focus their time on strategic decisions that help them generate considerable income. We could spend a half hour on this one, but Abinoff, why don't you take three minutes and just take us through this and then we'll go to our closing predictions. Abinoff, go ahead. Sure, Bonnie. So yes, uh, so in any corporate, you know, all the non-treasury groups, they, they deal with considerably high volume of small value transactions, but treasury, they deal with a small number of very high value transactions. So that's why, you know, they deal with millions and billions of dollars uh, over the month, over the year. These transaction costs are very high. And uh, so Treasury uh, does careful planning, you know, to keep the cost at the minimum and, you know, even use the excess of cash into uh, generating more income. So Treasury is no more a cost center. It's become a revenue center, a profit center mm. for most of the large organization because it's able to park the excess of cash, use it to avoid external borrowing and rotate it internally, you know, to fund each other's um, group company's needs. Um, so give you some examples. If Treasury does, let's say, 20 foreign currency transactions to buy and sell the same pair of currencies as they do with, the, let's say, one trade uh, with the same value. So the one trade will give them a much better rate from the market than executing mm-hmm. small 20 trades. So by centralizing mm-hmm. uh, the FX transaction, uh, by centralizing the hedging program, Treasury is able to save a lot of uh, cost, a lot of uh, money for the organization. Um, by using the right technology, you know, that's very key to centralizing a lot of their processes. Now, Treasury can take advantage of automation by um, automating some of the recurring transactions. They don't have to manually process the transaction. They can expect the system to use the information which is there to uh, start executing the transactions on a recurring basis. Um, Other than that, you know, there is, uh, Treasury can get uh, visibility to all their cash flow with the digitalization. They can see, you know, how best they can consolidate transactions and reduce the volume further and reduce the transactional cost. Also, using uh, machine learning and, uh, you know, smart logic, Treasury can automate a lot of reconciliation process, which requires a lot of manual effort. Somebody to open up the statement, tick and tie all the transactions were correct. Instead of doing all that, uh, system can be, um, you know, designed or uh, the logic can be built into uh, automating a lot of these transactions. So by doing all this, uh, Treasury can considerably reduce the effort which normally takes in doing these operational tasks as well as, uh, so Treasury, what Treasury can do is by saving the effort there, they can spend more time focusing on, you know, high level, high value, high level uh, strategic task or analytical task. For example, they can spend more time to review and analyze funding cost or um, 
you know, the ways to lower their external borrowing or they can spend more time in looking for a lucrative investment where they can park their mm-hmm. excess of cash or they can spend time on comparing budget versus actual and find out ways how to improve the accuracy of their forecast so they can better manage their cash and liquidity position or lower the cost of transactions. So they can spend more of their time doing the value-add work, which will save mm-hmm. cost, effort, time, and in the long run, help the organization uh, grow uh, rather than spending time in uh, the operational task, which can be automated using artificial intelligence and machine learning. Abhinav, thank you. That was wonderful. I wish we could go around the table. We're literally two minutes till the end of the show. I'm going to give you each a one sentence, one sentence, no commas and semicolons and dashes, one sentence on the future of Treasury. Haresh Chaya, one sentence. What's the future? Predict. Artificial intelligence, machine learning, and predictive technology will be central to the future of Treasury. Thank you. Eric Smolders, one sentence. To stay with that theme, the, the, the talent model for, for Treasury is going to change. We're going to have to need more people that can work with digital um, tools rather than just counting the money. Thank you. Abhinav Seti, one sentence. Veet, veet, fast, fast. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, I would continue with my previous statement. Uh, use of artificial intelligence is very limited right now, and I see it to be extensively, extensively used in the next few years. Thank you very much. I can't tell the three of you how much I enjoyed this conversation. I never thought it would go this way. I thought, Treasury, that's way over the head of somebody who isn't in a finance organization, and I really appreciate how you made it a consumable topic. Thank you, Haresh Chaya. Wonderful to have you on the show. Eric Smolders and Abhinav Seti, such a pleasure to have our Deloitte colleagues on with us. And a shout out, of course, to Birgit Starmans, Chris Grundy, and Press Chatterjee at SAP for sponsoring the series. Nine years they've been with me. And a shout out to Aaron, our wonderful engineer. Let's hear it for Aaron. Clap for Aaron. Yay, Aaron. He gets us on the air and keeps us there. And I have my final call to action. And listen up. You probably know it already, but I just can't resist. So here we go. Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? My car is getting two and a half months to the gallon. How's yours doing? Go out and be a game changer today, just like Haresh Chaya, just like Eric Smolders, and just like Abhinav Seti. Bonnie D. Graham signing off. Be safe. Be smart, be savvy, and keep sane. I just added that one. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Financial Excellence with Game Changers, presented by SAP, helping you to operate profitably and adapt continuously. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to hashtag SAPRADIO and join host Bonnie D. Graham on the Business Channel, wishing you a game-changing week. 